0: When bars reached capacity, people decided to have a street party during a global pandemic.
1: Tonight, young people behaving selfishly. Why some say this was hardly spontaneous.
2: Plus... It's long term and it can be debilitating.
1: The message to young partyers from a 33-year-old struggling with her health months after catching COVID and...
3: Even when the coin's quite small, you can see the pattern come alive pretty quickly.
1: The amazing designer cornfield in Chilliwack, and what it takes to create it.
4: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: This was a scene on the Granville Strip last night, a massive street party that went on into the wee hours. No physical distancing, no precautions of any kind. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. With new cases of COVID 19 among young people continuing to rise and more and more bars and clubs having to close, everyone has been put on notice not to party in large groups. But clearly, that message is not being heard, as some disturbing video of that party on Vancouver's Granville Strip shows.
5: Natty Stewart has our top story. My distancing guidelines ignored as Granville Street partiers set up on the street. According to bar owners, it's what young patrons decided to do when bars reach capacity.
0: What in the world are those kids thinking? Like You cannot have a street party because you can't get into a licensed establishment. It's just stupid.
5: For BC's Alliance of Beverage Licensees, this is beyond frustrating.
0: Our industry has done some incredible work to abide by extremely stringent public health protocols. Uh, And when bars reached capacity, people decided to have a street party during a global pandemic.
5: Vancouver police say officers quickly dispersed the crowd, but sources tell Global News the late-night revelers partied in the street until sometime between 2 or 3 Saturday morning. And apparently this is happening regularly on the weekends. There's now growing concern this kind of behavior could lead to a second shutdown.
0: You're co-mingling with people who could be asymptomatic and you could suddenly start carrying the virus and then you walk into an establishment and spread it to customers and to staff, right? It's not only dangerous for public health, It's also putting the staff's job at risk and the business at risk.
5: Public health officials are particularly concerned about the number of infections amongst younger British Columbians. Premier John Horgan turning to star power to get the message across. In response, Seth Rogen sent out a tweet asking people to skip parties and barbecues. (laughs) Health Minister Adrian Dix says inspectors will be out this weekend checking out clubs and banquet halls. Though there is reluctance on the government's part to impose a second shutdown,
6: we are not at the point where we're seeing uh, that that we feel that we need to shut the entire industry down. Um, obviously, that's something we watch carefully.
5: In an effort to stop the spread, some establishments closed voluntarily. <laughs> The hope now is younger British Columbians will also choose to do the right thing. Nadia Sturck, Global News.
1: And the closures keep on coming. The Rumpus Room on Main Street has announced it's temporarily closing after a member of its kitchen staff tested positive. Management posted to social media saying because Vancouver Coastal Health believed the restaurant was following all health and safety guidelines and the affected worker was in the back of the house and wearing a mask, the risk of transmission to other staff and customers is considered very low. An unsanctioned gathering on Vancouver Island is getting the attention of the RCMP this weekend. Members of the Devil's Hand Motorcycle Club held their annual poker run in Campbell River this afternoon. Officers keeping a close eye on the event, saying they were making sure all of the rules were being followed. They were also concerned the gathering could lead to further spread of COVID-19.
3: We're looking at an event like this could bring people from actually across the country, definitely from other provinces and from all over this province. So you are looking at uh, large groups that could be coming in from places like Kelowna or Vancouver, which happen to be COVID-19 hotspots. And they're coming to uh, a location where there's very, very limited uh, COVID concerns right now.
1: And the warm weather this weekend is also drawing people to local beaches and parks, hopefully with physical distancing in mind. Many of them taking a dip in the water to keep cool, but it is going to get even hotter in many parts of the province tomorrow. Meteorologist Yvonne Shell joins us now. Yvonne, in our Environment Canada has now issued a special weather statement.
6: Yes, right across the south coast, metro Vancouver, some of the hottest areas will be into the Fraser Valley and into areas near Howe Sound. Today we had temperatures into the upper 20s, but with the humid ex- it was feeling closer to 36 degrees, and we'll watch that very closely. Even right now, areas away from the water, 28, hope up to 35 degrees. Now, we have the potential with the Cubanex up to 40 degrees as we get in towards the next couple of days. Heat warnings for the
1: central half of the province, that coming up very shortly. Colleen? All right, thanks, Yvonne. A grass fire that broke out in West Kelowna this afternoon is a stark reminder that we are in the middle of wildfire season, and a single spark can ignite disaster. We get a lot
7: of traffic through here. Kids, smokers, playing, uh,
1: ATVs, all sorts of things come walking back and forth here. West Kelowna Fire Rescue was called to the Pine Ridge Mobile Home Park just after 2.30 this afternoon after reports of smoke and flames coming from behind the park. The fire consumed a small area before crews were able to put it out. The fire department says it was accidentally caused by humans. The family of an Alberta man who went missing in B.C. has launched a petition calling on police to classify the disappearance as criminal so that it can be investigated further. Marshall Iwasa was last seen by his family on November 17th. He was on his way to Calgary. His burned-out truck was found a week later near Pemberton with his belongings scattered. Among other things, the petition asks for the items at the scene to be tested for DNA and, his, and fingerprints and a thorough search of the last known location. A convicted sex offender who Vancouver police warned about two months ago is now living in Surrey. Howard Geddes Skelding was released from jail yesterday and is considered a high risk to reoffend. The 29 year old has convictions for sex assault, robbery, and weapons offenses. Surrey RCMPs say he is known to approach women while exposing himself, then sexually assaulting them. In late June, Geddes Skelding was released from Vancouver, released rather to live in Vancouver, after serving a two year sentence for sex assault and indecent acts. He must abide by several conditions including electronic monitoring and abstain from drugs and alcohol a construction site in white rock has been shut down after a hazardous substance became airborne metro construction and b&b contracting were given an order to stop work safety officers attended the site at one at 1588 johnson road following reports of a hazardous substance sending a worker to seek medical treatment Officers say they smelled a sweet odor when they arrived on site. A gas station had previously been located at the same spot. They believed it has contaminated soil. A Kelowna woman captured some video of an unwanted visitor that frequents her backyard more often than she'd like. You little, I'm getting you this time. Get out of the pool the video was shot in Kelowna's mission neighborhood the homeowner says that she even found the bear on her outdoor furniture and that once it took one of the cushions in the video you can hear her shooing the bear out of her pool get out of there get out Nice try. The woman who shot the video says she has been actively bear aware and doesn't leave out food or other possible attractants. But that still hasn't stopped the critter from multiple visits. RCMP launched their annual counterattack campaign on the water in North Vancouver today. Police teaming up with Search and Rescue, the Port of Vancouver, and Conservation for Oper- Operation Wave at Cates Park the event marks the start of this season's impaired boating and driving counterattack. 12 of 13 vessels inspected here failed to have proper safety equipment on board the goal is to educate boaters on how to play it safe and follow the rules including no alcohol or speeding
8: Earlier this year, North Vancouver RCMP investigated a serious collision on the water up an in Indian arm with a, with a boat. Uh, an impaired uh, investigation on the water. So uh, the statistics are there to support that people are still drinking on, on, on the boats and operating those vessels and it's not okay.
1: As COVID-19 cases surge in B.C., driven largely by members of the 20 to 39 age demo gathering to party, a Vancouver woman who survived an early case of the virus is speaking out. She's not only disgusted by what she calls the selfish behavior of some young people, she has a warning to anyone who thinks they can catch COVID and get off scot-free. Kristen Robinson has the story.
7: Get it! When Kyla Lee plays fetch with her dog,
2: Wrigley often takes the lead. I end up gasping for breath and struggling to catch my breath just as a result of minor physical exertion. The 33-year-old
7: still struggling with the aftermath of COVID. (coughs) She contracted a mild case five months ago and has since recovered, but the long-term effects persist, with flare-ups of symptoms forcing her back into isolation several times.
2: The idea that I'm never going to be able to live a normal life again um, because I caught COVID in March, that, that terrifies me. What infuriates her? Dubious
7: physical distancing. From nightclub parties to drum circles. That infamous Third Beach event
2: booming in English Bay Friday. It makes me so mad because all of these people are essentially playing Russian roulette with their lives, with the lives of everybody else that's in the room with them, and with the lives of all of the people that those people come in contact with.
7: As a criminal lawyer, a good chunk of Lee's income depends on bars and nightclubs. But with public exposures growing, she believes we need to rethink the idea of having them open.
2: People who are drunk don't distance, right? Alcohol decreases your inhibitions. It makes you more social. So if we cut off the source from where people are starting their nights, if that's going to protect the public, I think it's appropriate.
7: Hospitality establishments are required to follow public health orders, and some say shutting them down would only push partiers underground.
4: If you start to close bars, then what you're doing is you're going to chase these uh, patrons into maybe house parties and community events and that's where we're actually seeing most of the new cases
7: lee is urging people to walk the line because the clubs and beaches will still be there next year Kristen
1: robinson global news a bc woman is cycling from vancouver to calgary to raise money for pacific assistance dogs Lauren Calancy kicked off her epic 1,000-kilometer journey from the, for the PADS Burnaby Campus. From the PADS Burnaby Campus, I should say, she will pedal to Hope on the first leg today, accompanied by a driver and two canine mascots. Although it's been hit hard by the pandemic, PADS continues to place life-changing service dogs with people living with disabilities. It takes two years and $35,000 to train a service dog. It's important because uh, these dogs are amazing. The PADS is run primarily by volunteers and they raise dogs that bring uh, independence to people that have suffered life-altering things like uh, injuries or accidents. Our hope is to raise that much money so we can bring one dog through the ranks and change someone's life. Kalansi and her support team expect to arrive at PADS Calgary Training Centre. In 10 days. Ride for freedom. Ride for freedom. ride for freedom. Let's, Let's freedom. move. Let's move. Let's move. And another great ride. It's called Move for Freedom. Each rider contributes $1,500 towards sex trafficking victims. Cyclists started their trek in Langley this morning, biking to Cultus Lake and back for a total of 160 kilometers. About 40 teams are participating, hoping to reach their goal of $250,000.
0: It's overwhelming um, to see the support that these, these guys really started this whole movement. Now there's 40 teams, 40 small teams uh, that are uh, racing, doing the things all across B.C. and Alberta today. Uh, and I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude. We have uh, 150 staff internationally uh, that are all following along, and they just feel so supported to see all these different people uh, really getting behind the work that they're doing every day.
1: Mexico's majestic Popocatépetl volcano rumbled to life yesterday, spewing massive plumes of gas and ash into the air. The volcano was located southeast of Mexico City. Mexico's National Center for Disaster Prevention is warning people to stay away from the area. More than 36 discharges have been reported within the last 24 hours. We're learning more tonight about an unsettling incident involving an explosive device in Kitchener, Ontario. Yesterday, a parked car exploded outside a local courthouse. And soon after, a man's body was found inside. Morgan Campbell reports.
8: Anytime you have uh, an event like that happen in any community, it's always uh, uh, a period of, of concern.
9: People across Kitchener, Ontario, are still comprehending the scene outside their city's courthouse Friday after an explosive device went off inside a parked car. It's pretty wild that it would happen like so close to home. The blast transforming this normally peaceful area into a massive security effort. One man's body was discovered inside the car. Waterloo Regional Police say he brought the bomb to the courthouse, but the reason for the detonation is unclear. Officers can't say if there was an intended target.
1: We do understand um, you know, public concern over this, and our investigators are working very diligently uh, and around the clock to uh, try and, and determine the motive.
9: Following the explosion, police spent hours searching two homes, both in Kitchener. They say the residences are connected to the man in the car and they are not looking for any other suspects. Neighbors tell Global News the man had recently moved to a home on Hearthwood Drive to live with his parents following a separation. Those details have not been independently confirmed by Global News.
8: Obviously, a tragedy for the uh, for the individual involved and and for their family, but it's also a reminder for all of us that the last four or five months have been difficult for uh, for many people in, in in different ways
0: and and the importance for us to reflect on our own well being, but also to check in on others.
9: Police say the investigation is moving quickly as they work to determine a motive. However, they say there is no concern for public safety. Morgan
1: Campbell, Global News. Wartime allies held commemorations to mark the victory over Japan and the official end of the Second World War 75 years ago today. The British royal family led a special service of remembrance for the tens of thousands of soldiers, including those from across the UK, Canada and the United States, who fought and died during the campaign, including all those who were held as prisoners of war. Together they comprised a force whose courage was as remarkable as its diversity. Together, they served with the greatest distinction. Without them, the war could not have been won. In Ottawa, people paid respect to the 10,000 Canadian service personnel who fought in Asia and tens of thousands more who joined the Pacific forces. Part of the final Allied push to victory before an armistice was declared on this day in 1945. Days after, the United States dropped two atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It is the incident that sparked worldwide protests. Now, new police body cam video of George Floyd's final moments has been released, and it sheds new light on that fateful encounter with Minneapolis police. And a warning, some of you may find the images in this story disturbing. Tonight, new
0: police body camera footage released from George Floyd's death. The video from former Minneapolis police officer, Two Town. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. A new angle showing the growing crowd repeatedly pleading with officers. Bro, he's not even f***ing moving. Get off of his f***ing neck, bro. Get off of his neck. Tao holding back nearly a dozen bystanders as former officer Derek Chauvin pins Floyd to the ground with his knee. He's not even resisting arrest. You know how long we fought with him? Okay. We tried that for 10 minutes. You can hear Floyd telling officers repeatedly that he can't breathe. Please, I can't breathe. I can't move. At one point, a woman who prosecutors say was an off-duty firefighter approaches to Are, okay, Are you really a firefighter? Yes, I am okay. from Minneapolis. Okay, bro, so you, get on the you sidewalk. You, call. you, that's you okay. Check his pulse. Okay. Check his right Get back on the sidewalk. The man ain't moved yet, bro. The video is more evidence in a case against the four former officers involved in Floyd's death. Derek Chauvin is charged with second-degree murder and manslaughter. Tao and two other ex-officers charged with aiding and abetting. All face up to 40 years in prison if convicted. He was saying that he,
3: that he couldn't breathe, uh, but then he was obviously yelling and talking.
0: Also released by the court, new video of Tao's interview with investigators uh, eight days after Floyd's death. I was concerned with the crowd.
3: I mean, I would hope that... The other officers would would do their job and uh, and check on them.
0: The investigators even asking Tao about Chauvin pressing his knee into Floyd's neck. So that maneuver that you saw Officer Chauvin use, is that something you've been trained in? Uh, I've never used it. Tao's interview lasting nearly two hours. Minnesota prosecutors now asking the judge to try all four men together. The former officers expected to be in court next month. Shaquille Brewster, NBC News.
1: Brutal, life-threatening, and record-breaking heat is hitting California this weekend, along with wildfires. And now a warning with the state's power grid that may not have enough energy to keep the lights and air conditioners on.
10: Tonight, across the West, an extreme heat wave fueling the fire season. In California, outside of Los Angeles, the lake fire rages on, burning nearly 15,000 acres, more than 4,500 structures threatened, hundreds evacuated, residents on edge. I got everything packed in my car ready to go in case it gets comes this way again. Firefighters not only battling the inferno but also angry livestock. Oh my god. Ferdinand the bull chasing first responders. Oh all while dealing with new COVID-19 precautions.
0: It does slow down the operation quite a bit.
10: Not far away, in Azusa, California, the Ranch Fire, only 3% contained, and the hunt for a suspected arsonist. Police say 36-year-old Osman Palencia is wanted in connection with starting the fire, warning he's believed to be violent. The public's encouraged to use caution if they see him. As fires rage on in the southern part of the state, the heat wave creating new concerns for California's power grid. Friday evening, state officials cut power for parts of California, affecting as many as 250,000 customers. For the first time in 20 years, declaring a stage three emergency, triggered when demand for power outpaces available supply. Hours later, the power restored statewide.
8: Well, with this heat, it's pretty brutal without AC.
10: Now across the west, 84 million affected. The heat threatening to shatter record temperatures and could rival 2006 when hundreds were killed as temperatures soared as high as 119 degrees. A potentially deadly combination with no signs of letting up. The heat's expected to continue into next week.
1: In Health Matters, Health Canada says it has enough ventilators to deal with a possible surge in COVID-19 cases. The statement comes despite the fact that less than 2% of the more than 40,000 ordered last spring have been delivered. Chief Public Health Officer Dr. Theresa Tam says Canada is better prepared for a fall wave of COVID-19 than it was in the spring. But concern remains that another wave could be big enough to overwhelm Canada's healthcare system, including its current supply of ventilators.
8: You're watching Global News Hour at six.
0: It was really off the wall, but we we uh, I just couldn't resist; had to.
1: What prompted actor Dennis Quaid to adopt a cat from the other side of the country? We're going to have that for you right after Yvonne's forecast. But first, Ah, uh, it's mid-August, but the Okanagan ski hills are preparing for what's hoped to be a very busy winter season. Big White Ski Resort is already selling season's passes with a promise of a total refund if the passes return before opening day. The hill made the decision to close earlier this year as the pandemic ramped up, but after opening in mid-July for the summer season, operators feel they've had enough experience and preparation to offer safe skiing and snowboarding come November.
5: We really feel that summer has been a great training ground for us. Um, there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to get up to speed on as the world is recognizing right now. Um, and we've really used our time wisely here to, to really get a hold of what we're going to yeah, be yeah, able yeah. to do in the wintertime. Um, and right from you know, housekeeping all the way through our restaurants into the parking lots and the lift lines, um, we're going to be addressing all of that.
1: All returning season pass holders will also receive a 20% automatic rebate to make up for the early closure this past spring. Nice. Yvonne, I can't even think about
6: skiing <laughs> on a day like today. No, uh, but it's going to be hot enough that maybe you're hoping for some snow no or kidding. cooler temperatures. Uh, it's a uh, scorcher out there. We we're going to see even hotter. We've been advertising big change on the way, ridge of high pressure that's building in across the province. And yes, very hot with a few spots even getting up to 40 degrees. First off, though, beautiful shot overlooking English Bay. Temperatures right now sitting at 22 degrees. We've got a light westerly wind out of the airport at 13 kilometers per hour. Highs today bumped up to 24 degrees with the Humidex feeling closer to 28 and areas away from the water today pushing up to 30. 30 degrees. The average for this time of the year sits at 22. We'll be well above that over the next two to three days, but not quite record-breaking. A record, a record on this day, 31 degrees, and that was set back in 1942. Overnight tonight, it's clear out there. We'll see a few clouds. It'll be partly cloudy or mainly sunny for the day tomorrow, but highs, 27 degrees. Away from the water, though, with the humid exits, it's going to feel closer to 40 degrees. Now, here's where we are seeing the heat warnings. 100-mile, and the caribou is included within that into the low 30s for most areas. The hottest area will be for the Fraser Canyon, so Whistler-House Sound, where we could see temperatures getting closer to 40 degrees. And then all areas across the south coast with Metro Vancouver, the Fraser Valley, we are going to see those temperatures into the upper 30s, mid and upper 30s, especially when you factor in the Humidex. And now the timeline of it and the peak of it will be for tomorrow. That'll likely be the hottest day for all areas, but we'll continue to see two to potentially three more hot days. So a heads up. Here's what we're seeing on the upper level chart, that ridge continuing to build in very strong, the peak of it tomorrow. The interior will still see very hot temperatures soaring into the 30s, and that leads us all the way towards Tuesday. Temperature trends, so we can see that, and then it'll be on Wednesday, a bit of a reprieve. Those who are looking for a break from the heat, and for example, the southern interior areas near Kelowna will still see it very hot towards Tuesday. With the hot and dry conditions a reminder, an update on the fire danger rating for the southern half of the province underneath high for most areas, a few areas towards the southeastern corners. We continue to track rain for the northern half of the province. That's why it's at very low, and it's been a very different weather story across the north coast where a rainfall warning continues in effect. An additional 20 and up to 30 millimeters will fall across the north coast, starting to ease off finally by tomorrow morning. We've seen upwards of 100 millimeters so far, and that'll start to ease off. It'll be a chance of showers through the day on Monday, and then the next round of rain moving in on Monday night. So the northern half of the province, overnight, an additional 20 and up to 30 millimetres of rainfall, a break towards the afternoon. Central interior tomorrow, temperatures hot and sunny, and the same goes for the southern interior. So the peak of the heat will be for Sunday, Monday. Highs tomorrow, though we can see it for the southern half of the Okanagan, pushing closer to 40 degrees. Whistler tomorrow will be up to 35 degrees and inland across the island into the low 30s, a hot one. A reminder, please stay hydrated tomorrow. We've got the humidics. It's going to feel closer to 40 degrees. Very hot, even leading in towards our Monday, Tuesday as well. Colleen? My
1: goodness. All right. Thanks, Yvonne. Okay, before we get to that celebrity cat adoption story, have a look at this. A Dutch zoo has named its newest member of the family. The panda cub has been named Sin. The name is an abbreviation for Fan Gao, which refers to Vincent van Gogh in Chinese. And speaking of animals with celebrity names... Actor Dennis Quaid has adopted a cat named Dennis Quaid. A Virginia TV station featured the cat who was in need of, her, of a forever home, and that caught the attention of the other Dennis Quaid. This weekend, Quaid's assistant, the actor, not the cat, will fly from L.A. to Lynchburg to pick up the new pet.
0: I just couldn't resist. Had to. Well, I'm out to save all the Dennis Quaids of the world. If ever we could do that. <laughs>
1: And Dennis Quaid actually made a good point. He says uh, shelters should start naming other animals with famous names so that other celebrities will adopt them.
8: Kind of forced to, to adopt them, if kind that's the good case, idea. right? Want your namesake in. running wild. No yeah. kidding.
1: <laughs> what you got coming up, Barry?
8: Well, of course, the Canucks are the talk of the town and the province, I think. We will uh, look ahead to Game 3 tomorrow night. Vancouver, of course, in great position. Up two games to none and uh, some early NHL Stanley Cup action going on. So we'll have highlights of that coming up as well.
1: The push to produce an effective and safe COVID-19 vaccine is on in countries around the world, including our own, with some very promising results. A recent survey says 75% of Canadians and 80% of British Columbians would take it. But that's not the case elsewhere. And that kind of vaccine hesitancy is a big problem for all of us.
3: It's the shot the world is waiting for. Researchers racing to develop a coronavirus vaccine in record time doing in months, what often takes more than a decade. Nearly 200 vaccines are currently in development worldwide, including two high-profile trials right here in the UK. And as we get encouraging news on their progress, health officials are starting to worry about the next challenge, how to get people to actually take a vaccine. In fact, many in the US already feeling uneasy. When Americans were asked if they would get a vaccine, just over half said no or were unsure and growing skepticism in several european countries nearly a third of respondents saying they might refuse that reluctance could hurt the global effort to safely reopen and get the virus under control the increase in cases dr anthony fauci says to do that at least 75% of the us will need to be vaccinated But doubts surrounding this vaccine go beyond the so-called anti-vax community, and now include people who've had no issues taking vaccines in the past. Yeah, go ahead. With so much on the line, vaccines are becoming political. But the message from the president isn't always clear. That's leading to concerns, especially among Democrats, that science is being overshadowed by politics. When you have a a president that's telling people uh, that they may want to inject
1: chlorine into their veins or... Uh, that they don't need to wear masks, and then uh, if that same uh, authority says that, hey, we've got a vaccine that's perfectly safe, you're not going to have the confidence. We need uh, schools and educational institutions, uh, businesses, transportation sectors, um, all of them have a a vested interest in people taking vaccines. And without this whole-of-society approach, It's not going to work because the trust
3: in government is, is really wobbling. With several vaccine candidates now entering their final phase of testing, including one at Oxford University here in England, any sort of plan will likely have to be ready in a matter of months. Carl Nassman, NBC News, London.
1: A new poll finds fear of COVID-19 is keeping parents in the U.S. from getting their children's routine vaccines. The national survey by Orlando Health shows 84% of parents think vaccines are the best way to prevent infectious diseases. But two-thirds are still nervous, too nervous, to take their kids to the pediatrician's office to get those vaccines. Experts all agree it's imperative that children get all recommended vaccines on schedule. He's here with sports, and a lot of people will be sitting on the edge of their seats tomorrow night.
8: Mm-hmm. I think Canuck fans aren't sure how to take this. All this success, it's been so <laughs> long. I mean, literally nine years since uh, the Cup run in 2011. This is new again, so yeah, lots of excitement. Thanks, Colleen. Uh, the Canucks will try to take a 3 nothing stranglehold on the Blues tomorrow night. Today, Travis Green would not divulge anything about Tyler Meyer's status. He was hurt in game two, looked like a shoulder injury. Jordy Ben is ready to come in if need be. The one thing about these Canucks, they've shown a lot of heart and resiliency in these playoffs, responding positively when the going gets tough.
4: Quinn Hughes ahead. Here's a break. It's Bo Horvath. Feeble to stick. Scores! Game winner for the captain! the series lead
8: is 2 nothing. You know, the fact that we pushed again uh, after we got scored on is is what you want out of your group. We've talked about being an aggressive team really from day one and, and they want to play that way. They want to play fast.
4: You know,
8: it almost feels like every day, every game, there's been a lot of teaching moments right now with these playoffs. And um, at the end of the day, though, our, our group does have a, a strong desire to win and that's the first component and, and obviously being coachable and you know leaning on each other is important. Ever since I've come to this team we've had all-in mentality and uh, guys stick up for each other. Uh, we have a tight group in the locker room, a great group in the locker room and um, that's just the mentality of the, of the group is, is a pack mentality and
3: it's a, it's a fun one to be on board with.
8: Now, the Blues still have not won a game in the bubble. Their goaltending has been average, and many feel Jake Allen could get the start ahead of Jordan Binnington in Game 3 tomorrow. But I thought St. Louis played that heavy physical style in Game 2, and that could start to wear down the Canucks. The Stanley Cup champs are still confident they can come back.
4: I mean, I thought we played a pretty good hockey game. Still, like I didn't, I don't find that we're not energized in the first two games. I think that energy is there, the emotions there. You know, we're gonna we're gonna try to do some things better tomorrow in the game and uh, hopefully come out with a win.
8: All right, playoff today. Avalanche and Coyotes. Colorado leading two games to none, but the Coyotes strike first in this one. Taylor Hall to Derek Stepan with the quick release and it's one nothing arizona second period now tied at one one former canuck brad richardson scores with just 34 seconds to go in the period this is a great shot sniping at top corner 2-1 arizona now darcy kemper did the rest he was busy 49 saves for the victory that's a career high coyotes get on the board 4-2 the final they now trail the series two games to one also in the West going on right now. Mark-Andre Fleury getting the start. Vegas and Chicago. Golden Knights with a 2-0 series lead. First period Chicago power a power play, but Mark Stone to William Carlson zips the backhander short-handed past Corey Crawford. Now 2-0 Vegas late in the second. Earlier, Bruins and Canes. Yaroslav Halak, number one goalie after Tuka Rask opted to leave the bubble today for family reasons. David Pasternak also not in the lineup, so the Bees playing shorthanded, but they got the lead. Brad Marchand shot stopped, but Charlie Coyle bunts in the rebound. That was a power play goal. They get one shorthanded too. Coyle with the shot. Kind of a shot pass tipped perfectly by Sean Corrali. 2-0 Boston. Halak was very solid for the Bruins. Just one mistake, and it really cost him. For some reason, thought he should fire the puck out while the Bruins were killing a penalty. Picked off by Nino Niederreiter, but that was it. The Canes fall short 3-1 as the Bruins take a 2-1 series lead. Also in the East, Game 3, Blue Jackets Lightning, although after a 5-overtime Game 1, this is more like Game 5 as far as time's played. Second period, one nothing Lightning until Jackets on the attack. Riley Nash wire in one pass on Bray Vasilevsky ties it at one, but the Lightning get it back. They win a faceoff, get a shot, and Braden Point cashes the rebound past Jonas Corposalo. 2-1 Tampa. And then late in the period, Lightning on the attack. Again, Victor Hedman, the trailer, rips it home from the slot to make it 3-1. But Columbus has got one back. Mid-third period, it's 3-2. Tampa. NBA playoffs start Monday. Today, Memphis and Portland in the play-in game in the West. Loser goes home. Winner gets the Lakers in the opening round. Memphis needs to beat Portland twice because Portland was eighth after they had their uh, games this week. Third quarter, Vancouver-born Brandon Clark moved away when he was only seven, but still has roots in the city. He had 20 today off the bench. Grizzlies led by five. Late in the fourth, Clark with the setup for the former Raptor, Jonas Valanciunas, and it's a one-point game with two to play. But it was C.J. McCollum who made the big shots today for Portland. Damian Lillard had 31, but McCollum with the big three there and then followed it with another clutch jumper. He had 29. Portland wins 126-122. They finish eighth in the West and will face LeBron and the Lakers in the first round. Raptors face Brooklyn in Game 1 Monday. Baseball today from the Bronx. Ladner's James Paxton and the Yankees taking on the Red Sox. Bottom of the fourth. Paxton gets some run support off the bat of Gary Sanchez. Two-run homer to left. That made it 4-3 Yanks. Now to the top of the fifth. Paxton will strike out the former Blue Jay, Kevin Pillar. Paxton, five strong innings, in position to get his first win of the season as the Yankees lead at 11-3 in the seventh. The Jays, by the way, are in a long rain delay right now in Buffalo against Tampa Bay. UEFA Champions League quarterfinal: Manchester City versus French side Lyon. Lyon led 1-0 until Kevin De Bruyne equalizes for Manchester City. Great play by Raheem Sterling and De Bruyne thumps it home. Equalizing the match 1-1. But in the 79th minute, Moussa Dembele will give Lyon the lead. Gets in alone, he is onside, puts it through the keeper Ederson. Valley would add another later as Lyon upsets Man City 3 1. They will meet Alfonso Davies and Bayern Munich in the semifinals on Wednesday if in the uh, Champ League, or Champions League. So uh, again, oh, we've got one more to go. We've got some golf.
4: Sedgefield Country, blood pressure throughout the day.
8: Roger Sloan of Merritt. This is at the Wyndham Championship. In uh, North Carolina, to convert. needs nice. to get into the top 125 to make the playoffs. This is the final tournament the before.
0: Keep giving himself opportunity.
8: The uh, playoff start, and there is uh, one birdie. He had three in a row, and then look at this putt. Beautiful read. Shot that 62 earlier, had it to 12 under and tied for second, but has dropped. He's at 10 under, tied for 18th. I think needs to finish in the top five if he's going to make those playoffs. Siwoo Woo Kim with the shot of the day. Par three, you know what's coming. No putter required. It's the ace, the hole-in-one. He's got the lead at 18 under, two-shot lead at the Wyndham Championship. Didn't realize what was going on. There's no fans, so no big cheers. Oh, now he realizes, okay, hole-in-one. That's a good thing.
1: For 22 years, the Chilliwack corn maze has been a place where families can go to learn about agriculture and how to escape from a maze. It was planted amid some uncertainty in May when it was no sure thing the annual event could be held. But the 12-acre corn maze opens today with a positive message carved into the field. Paul Johnson has the story.
4: Hoisting the bales up for a hayride. In a year with so much uncertainty, it's just good to be open for business at the Chilliwack Corn Maze and Pumpkin Farm.
2: Well, we had to cancel our Easter egg hunt and all of our spring classrooms.
4: Vanessa Adi is part of the extended family that runs the maze. In the spring, it looked like this could be the first year in decades the family didn't do it but they took a chance.
2: We thought, you know what, we need to plant because no matter what, at the very least, even if we don't open, we're going to have a beautiful message in the sky to our community.
3: Take a rototiller and follow the white line that you've spray marked and basically just cut out the whole maze. It was brother-in-law
4: Steve Miller who actually carved out the maze paths later in the spring. He'd never done it before, so you can imagine how unforgiving a mistake would look. First time lucky. And you can see how he did, not only succeeding in creating the baffling turns of a maze, but with some additional features that the current situation requires.
2: We made our pathways extra wide. We have bubble zones. We, um, We took some attractions out and spaced them out.
4: There were some other things as well. You have to buy your tickets online, and there are attendance limits. But the most enduring part of this year's Chilliwack Corn Maze is most certainly going to be the view from above.
2: It's together, the word together. Together we can, we can share hope. Together there's love and peace and compassion. Together we can... Together,
4: And you can visit the Corn Maze through the end of October. In Chilliwack, Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: I have to admit, I've never done a corn maze. Have you guys? (laughs) No, this is a group effort. We're going out as a team. I think we should. <laughs> we can be spread apart, so it'll work.
6: Exactly.
8: I think we should pack a lunch and maybe a sleeping bag because yeah. we could get lost and, and never be found again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Uh, another quick look at the weather. It's going to be nice. Uh, hot tomorrow. Uh, one of the
6: hottest days. With areas away from the water up to 34 degrees, the humidex feeling closer to 40 degrees. So be prepared and still hot and sunny in towards next week. A bit of a reprieve on the way will be for our Wednesday.
1: Very nice. Good corn-growing weather. <laughs> that is the news hour for tonight. Jordan is here at 11. Thanks for for joining us. Hope to see you again tomorrow night.